So thanks for doing the clock um, and getting my, oh, thank you. Okay, uh, pray for me. No, pray for us. We're going to do something today that's different. Uh, and it's, it's not really what I wanted to do at this time of year because I knew that everybody would be coming back. You know, this is our first official weekend back, right? You know, the two seasons that the Northwest has is summer and the other thing, right? <laughs> and so, you know, technically we have a couple of more weekends of nice weather, but, you know, officially we're back, right? This is it. This is that first weekend back. This is the beginning of our real year, particularly up here in the Northwest, which lasts nine months. You know, so the bottom line is, is that we're back, and what I really wanted to do is just a nice welcoming, come, welcome back, and all that kind of message, and that's what was in my heart to do, and that's what I tried to do, and God just had a different idea, okay? So I don't want to apologize because I'm really excited about what the Lord wants to do, but I got to tell you, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous, and let me explain why, okay? Um, I want you to look at this. This is our the new way with doing our graphic. Our motto has always been one with God and one that the world may know. That's since I first got here. That was what I felt. Now we've changed it to love God and love others, change the world, and things like that. But really, you know, we keep gravitating back because you gotta change your logos every once in a while just for the heck of it, right? Just to keep things fresh so they don't just become, you know, I've seen that and I don't care about it. But one with God, I wanna say, uh, we're going to look at it in a second, but I told you two years ago, January, so just under two years ago, I told you that I felt like when I was on my walk that the Lord said, I'm withdrawing my protection from America to a degree. And the reason why is because they're making choices and we're doing things that he wanted us to experience more fully the consequences of our decisions, our actions, our theology, everything. He wanted us to experience more the consequences of the things that we were thinking and doing in hopes that we would repent. God is never doing it just to slap you on the wrist. That's not what he does. This is not who he is. But he is doing something, and it's something important and, and significant. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to say, I want you to find another place. I want you to come to another place in me. And I'm going to let you see what you're doing and what the consequences of it are, what the, what the results of it are, so that you'll come back to me. So it's a repentance thing, and it's a serious, serious thing. And that was two years ago. And can anybody say that this hasn't been two of the most unbelievable years in anybody's lifetime here? The last couple of years and the things that have happened are just, just astounding on, on all kinds of levels. But, but now watch, right here. See, now watch. One another, one with God. I, I, think, I think one with God is very much in question as to whether or not people are actually obeying the Lord or if they're doing what's right in their own eyes and making God into their own image. But one with one another. I said it just a second ago with Eric Lee's beautiful word picture. That's who we were. That was true. And it's, it's God, I think. I keep wanting to say this. It's God that came and drove the truck through the church. It was culture too, right? It, it, it revolves ostensibly around the election and Trump and that sort of thing. But that's not, I don't even want to talk about any of that. And I don't want to pray about any of that today. Because that's not, that's the symptom I want us to go through another exercise altogether, and that was, 
We've got to ask why God let this happen. And we've got to ask what he wants us to do about it. How he wants us to respond. And I think at this point in time that even in this church, there's such a polarization that you bring up any issue, almost any issue, and immediately there's a way and a way. And this thing has a whole complex of ideas and thoughts and so on, and this one has a whole complex of ideas and thoughts and so on, and never the twain shall meet. And I want to say something. It's God's heart to bring two together, even if it's tough. In fact, let me say it this way, especially when it's tough. That's what makes you really be one. If you already kind of like each other and you're kind of good and you know you believe the same way and everything else, sure you're one, but not really. You just don't know it because there's nothing showing you that you're not. But when you've got serious issues, when you've got serious things that are dividing, and then God makes you one, that's transformative. That means something had to happen miraculously. That's what God does in a marriage. That's what God's trying to do in relationships. That's what God's trying to do right now. I think he's trying to create a new thing and a new level of oneness. I think he was pleased how family we were and how one we were. And I think what he was saying in his heart is, is because you've been faithful in little, I want to take you to more. But that more is hard. And you got to go after it. And it's that the world should, would know. And right now, the church, as I said earlier today, the church is not changing the world. The world's changing the church. And sometimes that's actually a good thing because the church can get religious and stuck and stayed and bad. Go stale in ways that are not okay. So there's some of that that has to happen, but there's another part of that that does in fact happen that's just called compromise. It's just not standing on the word and standing on God and our relationship with him and so on. Let me show you what I'm talking about in just a little more detail because this is the passage that two years ago when I felt like God said he was withdrawing his hand, this is the passage that he had in my mind. Okay, he started talking to me about it and I knew instantly what it was. And it's this. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious. Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see who he is, his invisible qualities even, his eternal power, his divine nature. They have no excuse for not knowing God. I'm going to change they to we. Yes, we knew God, but we wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And we begin to think up foolish ideas of what God was like, and as a result, our minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, we instead became utter fools. Instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, we worshiped idols. So God abandoned us to do whatever shameful things our hearts desired. As a result, we did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. We traded the truth about God for a lie. We worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who's worthy of eternal praise. I'm going to read this to you now in the message because I think it's going to open us up a little bit more to the heart of what God's doing in this. So watch this. God's angry displeasure erupts as acts of human mistrust and wrongdoing and lying accumulate. I love that. Human mistrust, wrongdoing, and lying. See, this takes it to a much deeper level. What he's saying is, is when you're breaking relationship with one another, 
he's made each other and he's made others in his image and we're to be one with them. And when we're breaking that oneness, we're breaking down a whole lot of things. As people try to put a shroud over the truth. Look, the basic reality of God's plain enough. Open your eyes, there it is. Take a long and thoughtful look at what God has created. People have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. Just look at the creation. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew God perfectly well, but then we didn't treat him like God. Refusing to worship him, we trivialized ourselves into silliness and confusion. And if I had to say what I think is happening in the world today and what I think is the marker for the whole of this passage in Romans, which goes on further than I am, the whole of this passage is speaking one truth, confusion. It's a stirring, and people get confused. They, don't, they can't find the truth. They can't locate themselves anymore relative to God and each other and so on. They get confused. They get unmoored, and they're drifting, trying to figure things out. So that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. They thought they knew it all, but were illiterate at knowing life and God. They traded the glory of God who holds the whole earth in his hands for things and ideas they made up, making God in our image. So God said, in effect, if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. It wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen, smeared with filth, filthy inside and out, and all this because we traded the true God for a fake God and worshiped the God that we'd made instead of the God who made us, the God we bless, the God who blesses us. Welcome back, okay? <laughs> okay. And, and I want to apologize, but I don't want to apologize because I want to tell you now what happened on my walk. On my walk, on, on Tuesday, we have staff, and we had an all-day staff meeting, and I actually took the lunch, and I talked to the staff about this thing that was going on in my heart about something else entirely. And we talked the whole time about it, and I knew it wasn't the Lord, but I knew that he was doing something, and I couldn't figure out what it was, so I was using them to help me understand. And then on Wednesday morning, I went out for my walk to ask the Lord, because usually by Wednesday, I have the whole sermon, and I'm just refining things. God's refining things. And as I'm walking on Wednesday, I'm not getting anything, just nothing. And I know that I'm, the more that I'm not getting nothing, the more I'm cognizant of not getting anything. And that that's on purpose. That that isn't a mistake. That he's not giving me nothing, he's, or he's giving me nothing on purpose. Catch the drift that there's purpose in nothing. Not a Seinfeld episode. And so I take the longer route. There's, there's ways that I can branch my walk into longer and longer routes so that, because I know I'm not done. I know if I go home right now, I won't have his answer, I won't have his heart. And I'm walking out there, and I'm getting nothing, nothing, nothing. I get to two-thirds the way through nothing. I get to three-quarters of the way through nothing. I get to five-sixths of the way through, and literally, I'm at the last corner where I go back down into the city, and then it becomes too noisy to really concentrate well. And I'm right at that last corner, and, and I'm just saying, what are you doing? Why are you not saying anything? This is so unusual. I'm cognizant that this is pregnant in the not saying anything, but what is it? And all of a sudden, he just said, pray. Look at your world. Don't just live in it. Look at it. 
it's just going crazy. I'm not, you know, hurricanes and whether that's God or not and all that. I, but, but weather events, political events, relationships, $20 trillion in debt. There's just, all of a sudden, it was just one of those moments where it was just overwhelming. You know, when you're really in trouble, the mind has a great way of narrowing down what it's processing. Because if it were to process all of the trouble at once, this is what happens in grief, by the way. If it was to process the loss of a loved one all at once, you couldn't handle it. It'd overwhelm you and destroy you. And so I think we're in that place right now to where there's too much coming at us so we just sort of pick and choose which ones we're going to think about and the rest of it just has to be noise you know when you smash when you smash your finger you jump up and you start saying words some of which are not so nice sometimes and and you do and you make a lot of motion you know why that you do that literally the brain's nerves at the choke point which is right at the base of the skull at the choke point they actually choke down on purpose so that only the most important information gets through and we don't get overwhelmed. Use that as a metaphor for what's happening right now. There's, we've, we're in serious, serious trouble, but we're, we're choking down our perception of the trouble. I, I just had a conversation with somebody. I'm just going to share it real quick, but we were talking, and, and it came out in the conversation. It was, how you doing? And here's the answer. I'm Okay. You know what I mean? Things aren't great. Things aren't horrible. I'm okay. If, if I had to, if I had to tell you, you know, I'm floating and I got my head above the water and, you know, there's some waves out there, but they're not, don't seem too terrible. So I'm not doing great because I am actually out here in the deep, but you know, I'm, it's okay. I can live. But then as we talked about it, this other sense came to me and it was, but we're out there in the deep and there's this deep, dark abyss and we have every reason to think that there are sharks that are going to come up and rip us apart. Now, I don't mean to be too sort of gloom and doom and all that kind of stuff here. But I want to say something. I've lived, I'm old enough to, have, to say that I've lived a long time. And I lived through the 60s. And I think the 60s were... You just, you just, it's just, unless you lived through the 60s, you just can't understand how much things changed. You just can't. And there's not another time since the 60s where that happened. There's sure there's been changes and all that kind of stuff, but you know, the difference between new wave and punk is not that great, you know. <laughs> Quite seriously, the 60s was a total sea change in everything. I'm telling you, we're in the middle of a sea change that I think is larger than the 60s right now. There's not a Vietnam War to protest against, and there's, but there is this thing happening. And if you want to just see it, you should have been with us Thursday and Friday as people who are doing tons and tons of research on this were talking to us about how people are thinking, what they're thinking, why they're thinking it, the way that they're thinking it. It is, old people have the reputation for being scared of their own shadow. Right? They get nervous about everything because it's never as good as it was when I was young, you know? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that there is this thing that's going on right now that is a tsunami. 
It's a Hurricane Harvey and Irma and another ton of them lined up. And they're just, we need help. We need rescued. We need saved. In our Empowered series, where we are is, is we need this. Jesus goes down towards Jerusalem and as he, this is right before he's going to die, but as he's riding along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in heaven's highest. Now watch this. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that because they feel like you're exalting him too much. You're exalting Jesus, God, too much familiar? But some of the Pharisees said, teacher, rebuke your followers, saying things like that. And he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road are going to burst into cheers and they're going to cry out. Here's what I think. I think we need a triumphal entry of Jesus into our lives, personally, into our lives as a church, into our lives as the body of Christ in America, into our lives as America. And here's what I know. I know this. If we don't stand, then judgment comes. If we stand, then what God says is, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. That's what I know. And I know it's easy to sit in a place like this as Christians and say, well, I'm not as bad as the next person. Therefore, I need to pray for them to repent. And it's the wrong starting place. The right starting place is always us. What have we lost in terms of saltiness, in terms of light? What have we lost in terms of understanding and relationship with God? What have we lost that has caused us to no longer salt and bring light to our culture. Because here's what God says about it, back in a time when they were in trouble. I searched for a man among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I might not destroy it, but I found no one. Here's what we're gonna do, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna ask for a couple of things here. I'm going to open it up so that everybody prays. And we're going to be praying with each other some and, and so on, but we're going to pray right now. And here's what I'm saying. When I open the microphone up, I'm asking you, be cognizant of the fact that there's people in here that have very different feelings about things. And so please don't pray your political agenda in this prayer time. If you do, I love you, but I will stop you. Right or left. Love me. Love me. You can't understand how worried I am about this. I'm worried that we're going to open up a time of prayer and it's going to lead to more division. That's where we are in our world right now. People can't have enough charity and grace towards one another to respect that they understand the difference between one another and speak gracefully. Speak a heart. It may be something that you care about a lot. I understand that. Here's what I have to say. Would you let God sort that one out? Here's the prayer I'm asking for. I am not asking for a prayer for your sick aunt. Uh, God bless you. You should be praying for your sick aunt all the time. 
Okay? I'm not asking for prayers for the Hurricane Harvey victims and the ones that are happening right now. This is just not what we're doing here today. I'm not asking for generalized prayer. What I'm asking for is I'm asking for us as a people to come humble ourselves, which means repent. I'm asking us to weep for our nation. I'm asking us to stand in the gap and to be the ones who will stand in the gap and who will beg God to bring us together. If you have something that you know is a divisive issue, the prayer that I'm asking for is not one side or the other of the issue. It's God, bring harmony to it. God, bring us into an understanding of wherever you are, whatever that is, right? If it's most, a lot of the things we're dealing with, there's something in the middle that God's trying to show us. In some things, there isn't a middle. There's just a dividing line. God does say something about things, and you've got to remember this. He does say, I do bring divisions to show who's approved. So there's that too. Are we good? Can we do this? We're not going to bring the mic around. When I ask for prayers, I'm going to ask people to stand up and just pray. Okay? And just pray loud so that the camera can maybe catch you, but for sure that we in here can hear each other pray. Okay? But we're going to take some real time here. It's probably going to be about a half an hour. Okay? That still is nothing. Right? It's just a blip. But truthfully, it's probably a half hour more than most of us have spent praying for our country. Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, I'm just going to pray. I was going to have Darren, you pray, but we're just going to pray. Do you mind? Darren, we're already kind of there. Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, I'm just coming to you. You know, one of the things that you ask us to do, God, is to pray for our leaders no matter what we may think of Donald Trump, and I think there's a lot of things to think about him. But God, we pray for that man. We pray that no matter who he has been in the past, that that is not who we will be in the future. That he will be your instrument in your hands to do your will. And we don't pray that from a right or a left perspective. We pray that from a place of ignorance. We pray that not knowing what it is that you want to do through him. And we ask you in Jesus' holy and precious name to simply do your will through him. Your kingdom come, your will be done. God, we pray for political leaders who in every regard seem to be disappointing us in the most massive ways. And everybody has their reasons for it. I'm speaking right now to a very divisive issue, even in this body. But God, what we're praying for is, is that you just come and heal us. We will humble ourselves and we will say that we're part of that division, that we have attitudes and thoughts, that we have ways of seeing things that we're just so utterly convinced are true and right and we cannot conceive of how somebody could be in disagreement with us, particularly in the way that they're in disagreement with us. It seems so incomprehensible to us and so we light them up. God, stop us. Not to withdraw from the public square, not to, have a, not to fail to have a conversation, but God, we need your miracle to come in there and show us what you feel because when we are all serving you, then what we will do is you. Where two or more are gathered, there you are. Two or more are gathered here, here you are. God, I'm begging you, we're begging you, as a people, we're begging you, bring us to a place even now.
where we come to a oneness, where we come to a new revelation, a new insight about that which, of which we were wrong and that of which we were right, and, and everybody doing that so that it's about the log in our eye but that we do come to a place of community, God. We're not trying to shrink, shrink back from this. We don't want to say, well, we're just going to be this way. We're broken, God. We are split, God. We are divided, God. This is terrible. This is not what you want. You're the one who revealed to us the division, and that means you have a healing because you're the one who brings things upon us to, to where we get to understanding so that you can heal us. And so in Jesus' name, God, heal us. Heal us. We need healed. We lay down what we think right now that we might just simply pick up the one who can do the work that none of us can. You're the only one that can make us one. You're the only way that we can ever become one. You, God, if you come in and if you fill us and if you open our eyes and our understanding and if you open us and if you bring together everybody in a way that is clearly you, then we become one and we become more deeply one. We become more manifestly one. We become the kind of one that the world can look at and say, what's that? Because we don't have that. And we do not stop even one inch short of that. Because God, in Jesus' holy and precious name, we're broken. And relationships are kinked. And we're bleeding. And we're begging that you would come and we repent of anything we have done, even the things which we don't understand. And God, we stand in the gap and repent for those who are also doing things which they do not understand, as did you when you say, forgive them, Father, they know not what they're doing as did Stephen. In Jesus' holy and precious name, God, heal us. I'm praying for you to heal us. We're praying for you to heal us. We're asking you as one body to heal us. We want that relationship with one another to be restored, God. Understanding it starts first with our relationship with you. So heal that. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Anybody, just, just as you have a heart to pray, just, just yell it out.
God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the race relations in our country. We pray that our diverse communities start to see differently and healing take place in our African-American communities and with the police officers and with, within the, the uh, culture of our just our, our social media and news and just everything that gets highlighted as bad and negative and divisive. God, we pray by the power of the blood of Jesus that these issues that we would all put aside our, our own preconceived ideas about things, we would learn to love the way that you called us to love. And we would be the people who realize first and foremost that we are followers of Jesus, that, that it isn't about our political leanings, that we first and foremost come and we, we lay ourselves at your altar and that we alone are, are uh, at your mercy and that we all are created to be uh, equal in the sight of God and that we are one in your family and there is there is no Jew nor Greek or slave or free, there's no either male nor female, that we all in the name of Jesus have been created to be in your likeness, God, and that if we hold to these views that we just skew what your plan is for the unity that you have for this country, God, for, for us individually and for the body of Christ. And so, Lord, we just plead, God, that we would open our own eyes and that we would stop this, this insanity where we hold to our views to the point where we are dividing each other on racial lines, on political lines, on all these different fronts. And so, God, we just, we, we repent and we say, help us in this, in Jesus' name. And let us lay aside everything that has encumbered our, 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 our brain and, and the imprint that we have from our upbringing and our, and our socioeconomic positioning and, and where we came from and, and at, you know, as our youth and just lay all this aside so that we can be who you've called us to be in the name of Jesus, oh God. And so we pray for this and we know that you and you alone can bring this type of healing. And so we praise you, God, for this in Jesus' name. Again, I told you I've got several different ideas about what I want us to do in this prayer, but I want us to agree to something. Ghettos are a blight. Ghettos are a, a ghettos are not acceptable. Period. There's lots of reasons, and you can go at it right and left and all that kind of stuff. But please lay down all of that. The thing that I want just want us to do is to say we do not want them here anymore. We do not want people in that kind of situation, in that kind of place where there is that kind of oppression, where is that kind of bringing up, where is that kind of lack of opportunity, and so on. Could you do me a favor? I want you to turn just to one another. Okay, you've got somebody by you. It might be three, but I just want you to turn to one another, and I really want you to pray, God, would you heal our land racially? Would you heal our land from the blight, from the, from the, the evil that is the ghettos, that is this, this thing that is happening to these human beings just miles from here? Okay, this is not okay. So can we agree on that right and left? We know that this needs to be done. So we don't have to pray a political prayer in this thing, but pray with one another, would you right now? Pray with each other. God, get rid of these things. Whatever it takes, get rid of them. Okay, just pray one another, one to another. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
come to you, whatever ethnicity we are. And what we ask you to do is to open our eyes to whatever it is that we might be doing, thinking, being, that contributes to the problem. We do not start with trying to find out what's wrong with somebody else. We start with trying to find out what's wrong with us. We are cognizant of blindness. We are cognizant that we do not see the things that, would, that, that we do, that we think, that we feel, that contribute to the problem that you're trying to fix by driving a truck through things. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, even right now, each person just takes a moment just before you, alone, just with you, saying, God, reveal to me anything. Just open my eyes to anything of which I might have been blind to that is, in fact, in me, that is, in fact, a problem, that is, in fact, not you. Just take a minute and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. of that different ethnicity is your child. And I am your child. And I am begging you in Jesus' holy and precious name that you would let me see that person no longer in some stereotypical fashion, but that I would see through the stereotype to the person that you made, that you love. In Jesus' holy and precious name, no matter where we come from, we all do it. And in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, we're coming to you right now and say, boy, right here, teach us how to be one. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to see past, to see to you. That's the kind of thing that penetrates and changes a life, starting with us. And God, we do stand before you and we repent. Everybody from every ethnicity, we repent of ways in which we have seen other people in ways that were not individuals and persons, that were not your creation. You say that you cannot say that you love me and hate your brother. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, we're asking you, teach us how to love our brothers properly, richly, fully. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. strength to be vulnerable with each other, that you would give us the strength to be the first, Father God, the first to step forward and say, I was wrong.
I was afraid and I didn't know what to do and I didn't trust God. And once we get that out of the way, Father God, and, and we can let your love in, Father God, and it casts out the fear. And we can say, and we can know that we can trust you, Father God. I, I pray that you would change our priorities, Father, and that our priority isn't this world anymore, but our priority is eternity with you and to bring as many people as possible into that eternity. Father God, I just, I, we, we need your help, Father God, to not fear the unknown anymore, to not fear each other anymore, to not fear what people think about us, to not fear what they might do, Father God, but to trust always in you that whatever happens is for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose, Father God, and for your glory. Father God, I must decrease and you must increase. We're going to head into another topic right now, and I just want to start it off by saying, God, I almost wish at this point in my life that you had not made us sexual beings. We have just watched it just absolutely rip through lives, relationships, personhoods, identities, everything. Now, God, we are thankful that you made us to be like you, to procreate and to create and to make more. So we do thank you for it, but oh God, how far we have come from the holiness and the, the magnificence and the glory that is what you intended in this beautiful, beautiful act. We have come so far from that and we have made it about so much else, about ourselves and about pleasure and about what we want and we are literally a nation addicted through certain chemicals and certain things that go off in our brains as we have patterned ourselves to things like pornography or just promiscuous sex or all the other things that we do, lusts and pleasures that drive us, that inflame us. And in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, we recognize that this is not just a problem out there, that this is a problem very much here too. And in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, we need you to heal us. We need you to save us from ourselves. God, we cannot in our own flesh stop what we have incited in that same flesh. We can do things that seem to do that, but we're still not delivered. We're still not free. And what we are asking you for, God, is utter healing. That this most beautiful thing that you gave us that makes people one, quite literally, a man and a woman come together and create a new child, and that baby is one of what the man and the woman were. So it's the most dramatic metaphor that you've given us. And yet we've turned it and made it into something else entirely. And we are coming before you right now and saying, Oh, God. In Jesus' holy and most magnificent name, Holy Spirit, in your ability to come and to lead and to guide, we are begging you to come in and to take each one of us and to show us back to the Holy Land. Jesus, do a triumphal entry and set us free from what holds in bondage. 
And God, when we pray this, we do not just pray it for ourselves. We pray it for our country. We pray it for our nation. We pray it for our world. We stand in the gap, God, not as perfect people. We stand in the gap as people who are begging and knowing whence our hope comes from. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, you are our only hope. You are our only hope. And so we put the fullness of our hope in you to heal to open up new doors, to show us new ways, to bring us into a holiness that you intended, a glory that you knew would be delightful, out of perversion into magnificence. In Jesus' holy and most magnificent name, God, we come before you and we repent. And not just for ourselves, but for all, saying we need you. Whoever has a prayer, go ahead. They are asking to be loved because we have not given them love. And so they're looking, we have not given them your love. So they are looking for love in places where you are not. And so I ask, Lord, that you will give us your love that we can, that the world may know that we can give it to them, that they may see our love and see that it is holy and pure and not sexual love, but a love of a relationship, of a bond, of Amen. a friendship of a relationship that can last, that has an impact, Amen. that has a soul. Amen. That, that was... is the love they are looking for. Give us that love that we may give it to the world. And let us experience it too, that it fills holes, that it fills gaps. That was beautiful, Caleb. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else. Thank you, Jesus. Be sure and pray loud so everybody can hear it. We declare that you are our healer. We declare that you are the Son of God. And that you've come to save all mankind. Amen. And Lord, I pray that you would pour your love down today. Amen. Pour your love down on us. 
that we might be filled up and be able to splash on others. Thank we you. ask for you to have your way today. You. We want your will, your way Thank on earth as it is in heaven. And we just declare that you are king. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are God almighty. Nothing happens without you knowing. And we just give you all the praise, the glory, the honor that you are due. Because that's what we're to do, is to honor you, to praise you, to declare who you are to the heavens, to declare who you are to one another. Help us to speak a kind word, a loving word to others, and to share your love. Lord, let your love really pour down on, you, on us. And I pray for people in Thank Florida you, to cry out to you, Jesus, to cry out in their distress and to to worship you in the midst. You, we Lord. ask you, Lord, help you, that Lord. storm to stop. We just ask you to come through for them, Lord. Thank and you, we Jesus. just thank you that you are our Savior in Jesus' name. I Amen. want you to do something right now. I want you to turn to that one other person again. And I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you to go after the Lord and say, God, restore a holiness in this sexual area, in this country, in our lives, in everybody. Restore this holy, glorious thing. Restore it in our entertainment media, in all of the various areas of our culture, ideas, publishing, everything, internet, the whole thing. God, restore back to what you intended. Would you pray with one another, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, we've only begun to scratch the surface. We've taken a half hour, and it could have been as two minutes. God, in Jesus' holy and precious name, you say that your house will be a house of prayer. God, in this season, we are not unmindful of what is happening. And so we take it upon ourselves to pray. And we always start with our house. We always understand that there is probably something that we're contributing to this, at the very least. And in Jesus' holy and precious name, we always ask you to come and to show us that thing, that we might start from that place, that when we, that when we get the more and the more and the more that you have, that is, it is never us over, that it is never us better, that it is always you, God, humbling us, that we might pray to you for our salvation as well as another's that it's never us with a log in our eye pointing a bony finger at somebody else. But we also remember and recognize, God, that you are life and that you are in us and that though we fail, you take and cause all things to work together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And so we recognize, God, that even though we are imperfect, we are in fact your instrument. And that in Jesus' holy and precious name, you can do the most magnificent things through us if we will but let you. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, this body comes before you together now as one. And what we ask you for is here are we, send us. We recognize all that you have to do in us. But we understand that you're greater than us. And so you can work through us, even in our failures. In fact, you take them and you use them to reach out and to connect with somebody else who's broken and needs healing. And so in Jesus' name, we come before you and we say, God, here are we, send us. I'm asking you as the pastor of this incredibly beautiful family, God, restore us. And I do not mean a superficial restoration where we all don't argue. I mean a real one where you have transformed each of us completely and utterly. And you have brought us into a oneness. You've brought us into a new place where we are better and stronger, where we are cognizant of how much better we are because of somebody with whom we disagreed previously but then you did your miracle and you showed us and you made us better individually and together. God, in Jesus' holy and precious name, all of these things, all of these things come together in the most beautiful way as led by you, the Holy Spirit. And so we are asking you first and foremost, Lord God, that we would be an instrument in your hand, finely wielded by the Spirit to do your will. Whatever that is, however that is, whenever that is, in Jesus' holy and precious name, your will be done through us. 
to the degree that we impede, show us, blow us up, and get through us anyway. That we might grow. That we might come to know you and fall in love with you all the more. Because you are everything. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, the thing that I pray finally and probably the most, God, make us one with you. We understand that when we're truly one with you that everything else flows out of that. And we're begging you in Jesus' holy and precious name. We are cognizant of the fact that we have become compromised, that we have become confused that we ourselves have become deceived. And in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, we are asking you, we love you, we are fallible, we are broken, but if you come and you touch and you clarify and you straighten and you make us whole, then we will in fact be one with you. And that's what we want more than anything else knowing that everything else follows. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, that's what we pray, not just for ourselves and not just for this body, but we pray this for this country. God, what a magnificent start we have had. What a well-worn tale we have followed, even to our own destruction. But in Jesus' holy and precious name, you can heal. If my people who are called by my, by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. And you go on to say, I will hear your prayers. As we have prayed like this, submitting ourselves to you, we recognize that you will hear our prayers. And when you hear them, we know that you will do what you want. What only you can do. So in Jesus' magnificent name again, heal us. Bring us home. Hear our cries right now. And answer them. Reach down in front of you 